Welcome back, everyone. My name is Melina, one of your newer co-hosts today. I'm a community activist, Mexican native, and DACA recipient here accompanied with Dom today. Coming to you two weeks after my second dose, welcome to season two, episode two of We've We've Got Got Issues. Stay of the deuce. Earlier this month, Doug Ducey took a trip down to the border. Did he invite the Congress people and legislators who represent those districts? No. He invited Republicans from Arizona and from across the nation to go down to the border to create this false narrative that we have a crisis at our border. Exactly. And if you didn't know, Ducey recently declared a state of emergency in counties such as Cochise, Pima, Santa Cruz, Maricopa, and a bunch of others, and ordered uh, National Guard troops to assist Border Patrol with the migrants. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So the actual state at the border is, according to Marisa Franco from Mi Gente, is that these patterns of migration are cyclical and always coming back due to weather. Because it's spring, it's ideal for folks to cross before it gets too hot. And so this is nothing new. Yeah, so this isn't some Biden policy that changed that caused this influx of immigration? Exactly. And because of COVID and certain uh, Title 49 laws that were imposed during the pandemic, um, we have more people that are not allowed to apply for the asylum-seeking process. And the fact of the matter is that President Biden has only made it slightly better by allowing kids to apply for asylum. But adults are left in the same exact predicament that they were in the Trump administration. Can we, for once, not have a deporter-in-chief? And if you want to read more about the article and the humanitarian need at the border, uh, check out the description notes below. Hey, y'all. So Maricopa County just announced that they're opening up vaccines to people 16 and over. Uh, So we're going to try to get our vaccine. We'll let you know how it goes. We're actually going to be documenting the experience. So there are two ways that you can find your vaccine. You can go to azdhs.gov forward slash find vaccine, V-A-C-C-I-N-E, or you can dial 1-844-542-8201 to find the vaccine closest to you. To register us, they took our IDs, had us fill out a form, asked us some medical questions, and then after that, we got our vaccine. They let us know that we could get maybe a little feverish or a headache to drink a lot of water and maybe some Tylenol if we needed it. Um, and to come back in three weeks, they set our appointment right then and there for our second dose. Ooh. So that was, um, that was as we were getting a lot of the foot of the team went together to get our first dose. Today is actually exactly two weeks since I got my second dose. So, so after my first dose, my arm was killing me for days. And I had like some like fever and some like symptom. I was like super like drained and tired. Yeah. Like how, how did you feel after your dose? Not quite time yet for my second shot. I'm really excited for it. Um, I'm like counting down the days. But after I got my first shot, it was definitely a surprise that I got feverish. I had a sore body. My arm hurt. Um, which is weird because I actually got hit with COVID earlier during Thanksgiving, actually. 
Um, so I thought that I wouldn't have any symptoms. Mm. But honestly, I would take that single day of feeling tired and just exhausted and sore over getting COVID again, ever, ever again. So uh, it sounds like it sounds like we had really similar reactions to our first shot. So very normal. If we both felt it separately and didn't know that about each other, probably a lot of people are feeling that way after the first shot. Uh, after my second shot, my arm hurt for like half a day and I had like no symptoms and no tiredness. So, you know, yeah. I'm really happy that it's two weeks uh, since my last shot. And I think I'm going to go... Uh, I think I'm gonna go with uh, my, with Danny over here to uh, Cinco de Mayo to the bar, to to a bar for Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, I turned 22 during the pandemic, um, and I didn't really get to celebrate. I feel like I'm kind of losing my youth years, so to speak. Uh, I want to be like out, and I and it's frustrating to see that. It took us this long for folks to finally start getting vaccinated. Yeah. And there's still hesitation towards it. And so we want to share that getting vaccinated was easy, quick. It's accessible. It's even more accessible now as time is going on. Yeah. I mean, they uh, they just figured out the Johnson Johnson thing. Those shots are being um, administered again. Um, and we're going to share a story about that soon, right? Yeah. My dad actually got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So we'll share about his experience, yeah. which is not scary at all. Sneak peek. That's awesome. Um, so as some of you may know, COVID has impacted my life in the worst way you can imagine. Um, I'm sharing, I'm making a video of my story to share as well. Um, and so you'll be able to find that soon. Um, we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, and available in the show notes as well. Um, we're here, you know, we're here for everyone that is feeling the effects of the pandemic. And so we want to provide the resources available for everyone to have. And so in the description notes below, we'll have uh, information on where you can find the vaccine and all that good stuff. Yeah, and you can learn more about the vaccine. And we've also set up um, uh, healing events so for people in grief or people just, you know, uh, coping with the effects of, of COVID and the pandemic on their lives, we have a, a series that we're calling the Healing Through Art events. And we also have um, Healing Circles, which are closed group um, therapy sessions with a licensed therapist. And our first event actually is if you're available to come on out and do some art, heal together, and just be together as a community, um, which is what we all really need right now. Yeah, we all need some family and community and to be there for each other. And so the link for that will also be down below. Oh, there, look, she's trying to get McConnell's attention, or, or is that McConnell? Hey, watch this. Watch this. Oh, look at me. Oh, that was cute. Look at me. I'm so quirky. Uh, I know. She's like trying to be the manic pixie dream girl senator from Arizona. Is that what's happening? I guess. And she seems proud. I mean, she's like dancing, having a good time. Having a great old time. I wouldn't feel good about voting no on something like that. What, what was she voting on? So she was voting no on increasing the minimum wage. So she's our Democratic senator, and she took such sarcastic pride in voting no on something that 
is very popular across party lines. Like she's supposed to be, she she boasts herself to be this moderate senator. And in a poll uh, taken in March or after this, her polling numbers tanked with the moderates. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. So you could read about that poll in the show notes and we'll link to the video too if you just uh, if you just need to see it again. And so we have many events coming along this month. And so we wanted to provide that opportunity for everyone that wants to participate. On May 8th, we have National John Lewis Day of Action, where we're going to have events being held in different cities, such as Phoenix, Mesa, Tucson, and Flagstaff. Uh, a big thank you to our partner organizations that are helping putting put this together. Um, on May 10th, we're going to have a national call-in day by DFAD. All these events are going to be opportunities to let our senators and Congress people uh, know how we feel on these bills and, you know, how we want them to vote. Exactly. And how we feel about the filibuster, speaking of. And so we have a rally against the filibuster on May 20th at 530 at the Civic Space Park in downtown Phoenix. Be there. Uh, Location in Tucson is actually to be determined, but we will have all the information down below for you to check out. Yeah. Keep following the page, uh, uh, the Fuerte Arts Movement page, so that you can see updates about this. Yeah, Fuerte AZ. Back with the special guest and not a stranger to this show is Senya, our executive director. How's it going? Good to be back. Hi. I had no idea you had a nose piercing. This is the first time I've seen you without a mask, so that makes sense. Yes, my nose is a mystery to the world ever since uh, March 2020. I have been meaning to go get my nose pierced, but obviously haven't because of the pandemic, obviously. But it would I look really, really cute. It. I miss it. It looks good on you. Thank you. But Sanya's here today to talk about some more current issues. Yeah, so um, at, at the state legislature right now, there were a couple of voter suppression bills that were going through the floor of the, of the House and the Senate. One in particular that died but could come back is SB 1485. So SB 1485 basically gives uh, the... Um, basically gives election administrators more opportunities to pull people who haven't voted in the last two years from the permanent early vote list. And that's a problem because there are a lot of people who only vote in the presidential elections, and that makes it so they would not receive their ballot in time or receive their ballot in the mail to be able to vote in the presidential election when it comes around. Yes, which is super dangerous for those that rely on the pebble and voting by mail, as many don't like to go to the polls. Times change, and we see that this is not good. Yeah, I mean, 80% of Arizonans vote by mail. Democrats, Republicans, independents, this particularly hurts independents, um, but it's 80% of the state that votes by mail, exactly. so it's an issue. And so what's what's going to happen with the bill next? So it died on the floor of the Senate um, because there was just, I guess, some drama. Anyway, long story short, it got voted down, but it can come back because the author of the bill voted no on it and she could bring it up to be reconsidered at a later time uh, in like zombie status. It could come back from the dead. 
things just don't go away. And so how can we activate folks and get them involved? So there is a corporate campaign right now to pressure some companies, some big corporations that have given to uh, the Republican legislators that are suppressing our voting rights right now. So making sure that we're pressuring them through Twitter, pressuring them through uh, direct calls to as many of their lines as possible, um, and calling on them to pressure the governor to not sign any voter suppression bills. Because even the smallest voter suppression bills that are signed into law hurt Arizonans. So not too long ago, I just saw on Twitter that Ducey actually just signed a bill. What's up, what's up with that? So that one is SP 1457. Um, that actually is a violation of women's right to choose and would criminalize doctors who perform abortions or women who miscarry. Or um, it, it basically uh, does more to outlaw um, abortions based on like the health of the fetus and requires like the burial of fetal remains. It's basically a huge violation of um, of reproductive rights for women. That's insane. I can't even imagine. I personally have never had an abortion but I, or a miscarriage, but I feel for the women that do and want to have the option to choose just being taken away from you. It's infuriating. Yeah, it's... um. It's a really deeply personal and intimate moment in your life. And some and people make this decision like based on their own lives. And to be, have that taken away from you as an option is a huge violation um, of government. Of, it's, a, it's a huge violation of like right. your personal life and personal choice. Exactly. The government should be, shouldn't be intervening with personal choices that you have the ability to make yourself. As of now, Ducey has signed it. Um, I t I've totally expected to be challenged. Um, there is, as of right now, this moment, as we're recording this, there isn't really a call to action. But anything that we find out, we will put in the show notes. We will put out an update through our social media. Um, but yeah, this is atrocious. And so what's next? So HB 2309 is the last bill that I'm here to talk about. Uh, so HB 2309 is an anti-First Amendment bill. It's an anti-protester bill. And what it does is that it creates a felony charge for people who are out demonstrating peacefully. Right. So if you're out there passionate about, passionate about something, um, you can be criminalized for that. And we have seen that already happen. And so this gives people the opportunity to be criminalized even more. It's happening in reaction to the Black Lives Matter protests from last uh, last summer. They tacked on charges to people who really didn't need to, uh, need charges. They were rounded up and were being charged with like gang violence. Yep. Not true. Um, a lot of those charges have been dropped, but they're trying to create a new way to criminalize people who are criticizing the police or trying to call for police accountability. So people can take action by calling our legislators. Uh, it's currently kind of waffling in one of the houses right now, and, and I think the Senate right now. So calling your legislators, telling them that you don't support HB 2309, and failing that, calling on Ducey to veto, uh, veto HB 2309. Another action that people can take right now, uh, on our social media, on our Instagram, and on our Facebook, we are rolling out a series of videos and it's just asking a couple of questions about how you feel about police how do you feel policing affects your community when do you feel safe do you feel safe around the police and those are going to be rolling out over the next two weeks leading up to a very special premiere of a video that we worked very hard on um and you can see all the graphics and the questions on our instagram on our social media at fuerte az on all platforms and be on the lookout for more call to, calls to actions. Yep, keep, keep an eye out and take action every opportunity you can. And thank you, Senya, for being back and at it again on We've Got Issues. It's always a pleasure. And thank you again.
Happy to see you all out here. We've Got Issues is a Fuerte Network production. Today's episode was hosted by Melina Fonseca and Dominic Medina. Produced and edited by Danny Arona. Guest hosted by Senia Arona. Graphics by Danny Arona and Senia Arona. Theme music by Dominic Medina. Thank you to Marisa Franco for writing the truth about the border surge. Thank you to Senia for the informational vaccine TikTok. Thank you to C-SPAN for filming Kristen Cinema's curtsy while she voted no to maintain our non-movable wages. The thoughts and opinions expressed in We've Got Issues does not necessarily represent those of the Fuerte Arts Movement.